0: Jesus is real. There's power in Your name. We find
1: hope when we trust in Your ways. We believe that Jesus is real.
0: You think you want this, but this will hurt. It won't hurt in the moment, but it will hurt. And don't worry, we won't. But we can go around the room and everyone can share those stories of the decisions that you made in regards to your own sexuality that at the time seemed like something you wanted to do and it ended up hurting. and ended up bringing baggage. And God loves us too much to want us to hurt ourselves. So he puts a guard around it.
1: You shall not commit adultery. The world doesn't want to hear the message that Pastor Daniel is going to bring today. But what about you? Does the subject make you squirm? Have your thoughts turned more and more to a person that isn't your spouse? You may want to turn off this message and keep doing your thing today, but don't. This just might be the wake-up call you need to be saved from all the hurt that comes down this path. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Deuteronomy chapter 5 as he continues his message, The Big Ten. Jesus
0: In the culture that this existed in, everybody was married. Like people, it was arranged marriages. People got married very, very young. Our equivalent of high school age would be the age that people got married. Your marriages were arranged. And widows, it happened, but they were rare. And so it was a culture where everybody was married. And so the idea of a heart that lusts, one of the things that I always tell people is that a lustful heart is never cured by marriage. So the issue is a heart that wants what it's not supposed to have yet. And you have to realize that outside of marriage, when you act out sexually of whatever sort that it is, you actually are sinning against your future spouse. Now I say this realizing that you go on the internet, and you go on to every site, and everything in our culture is actually driving men and women towards lust. Like, I go on, I love to, I like sports, so I read the sports page, and you look at the little click ads at the bottom. Check out these pictures, why the Prince of England or the is the happiest man in the world, and they're all pictures of his wife. Or this thing or the Victoria's Secrets models and all the guys on the internet for you girls, these guys who like, you know, they just look like they're just like, you know, perfect little chiseled specimens. And you look at this perfect little chiseled specimen and you look at your husband and he's got his belly hanging out and he's got drool on his chin and he's coughing and you're like, y- y- n- like, good Lord, right? Like, come on, Lord, how much? You know, and I bring all this up to say we live in a world that is our economy is driven by lust And then you read something like you shall not commit adultery And then you hear jesus's interpretation and you realize we got a big problem Why is our culture have a broken sexuality and it's not our culture every culture has a broken sexuality You have to think about this the union of a man and a woman In the covenant of marriage, in physical intimacy, is an act of worship. It is the physical manifestation of what God has done spiritually, socially, and emotionally when the two become one flesh. And that is something that is very, very powerful. And every time God creates a powerful picture, Satan's job is always to undercut it, to warp it, and to break it. Same thing with the spiritual gifts. When God is moving in power of the spirit and spiritual gifts, there will always come the counterfeits. Why? Because if it can undermine something that has power, Satan wants to win. That's how you win. You take out the big guns. Right? Like in military terms, back in the day, the the most celebrated leader had a special hat on. But then all of a sudden, someone realized, okay, so if the guy with the white hat, if we take him out, no one's going to know what to do. You take out the key thing, and then everybody disperses. And so then after a while, we we'll are like, you know, we're just going to make the people who are the most decorated, we're going to make them look like everybody else on the battlefield, put on to be easy targets. And a lot of ways, human sexuality was created by God. We were created by God with sexuality for God's glory. But Satan says, okay, if this is for God's glory and if this is the, the physical embodiment of a spiritual reality, the oneness, not only of a man and a woman in marriage, but of Jesus and his church in complete and total oneness, then we need to warp that thing real good. And in a fallen world with fallen hearts like ours, it's easy to take the bait. Because what our culture has done is it's divorced physical intimacy on every level of anything Spiritual. Or you have, it's so sly. It's so malicious. Then you have the, no, we'll make it spiritual by making the physical act. We're just going to sprinkle spirituality on it. Which is like, but no, no, no. You're missing the God implications of human sexuality. And I think the problem is, is in a lot of ways, our culture wants to debase us just to bodies And just to animals But guess what You're so much more than a body You are so much more Than just a body Yes, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit And the Spirit of God dwells in you But it is a temporary dwelling place You're more than This body is temporary And of course you get your resurrected body And it's all tricked out for eternity That's a whole other discussion for another day But The reality is you're so much more than a body and it's amazing when you tell people that you know you're so much more than just a body like if everything you do is skin deep then we call that superficial the sexuality that we were created with is so much more than just superficial it's deeply spiritual so much so that in god's word there's all these restrictions someone always says i don't like the bible it's full of restrictions no no everything is full of restrictions one of the ways you know what real love is is to define it by what real love isn't you have to express positive things in negative ways when i said before god before my family to my bride lynn that you're going to be my wife that means in loving lynn i cannot love any other woman the way that i love her So in saying yes positively to my bride, I also said no to every other woman who I could ever meet. So within the yes is a series of no's that come alongside, and God loves the family, and he loves marriage, and he realizes that when we allow lust to reign in our hearts, we're going to bring that with us wherever we are. And we need to guard that. Now, I know many people are like, okay, so right now, Fusco, like, okay, I'm, I feel condemned. I failed. And listen. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that is exactly why Jesus came. And that is exactly why he lived the life that we should live perfectly. But we fail to do. That's exactly why he died on the cross. Because we have failed. And that is exactly why he rose again. To conquer the sin and the death of our lives. So we have to come to Jesus. And we have to confess that stuff to him. And say, Lord, you know that this has been my story. These are the struggles in my heart. Lord, and I want you to do a work in me. And you know what happens when you do that? you are forgiven and God does a work in you. Because what happens is whatever your baggage is, and we all have some of it in some way, and in regards to sexuality, we all have a brokenness there in some way, God wants to do a restorative work so that we don't bring the baggage everywhere that we go, but he begins to heal us so that we can be a different kind of a person. If you are a single person right now, You need to guard your personal purity in your heart. You need to do righteous battle. And it's not, it used to be, we just talk about men this way. But you realize that it's on both sides now. You looked at the popularity of the 50 Shades of Grey. I think that's what it was called. I didn't see it, but I heard a lot about it. And so, you know, and that's all wired for, it's like mommy porn for women, you know? And it's like, and, It was a New York Times bestseller. It's hugely popular. And it's like, you see what's going on. So we need to guard our hearts. If you're single, you need to save that. God doesn't say no because he's saying not ever. God says no, not yet. And I love that about the Lord. See, that's one of the ways Satan gets in. He says, no, he's saying no, not ever. No, no, he's saying no, not yet. He's saying, hold your horses. He's saying, cool your jets. Just take a breath. Because it's not not ever, it's just not now. And the reason God's saying not now is because he loves you too much for you to hurt yourself and to hurt other people. That, see, God loves you enough to say, I love you too much for you to hurt yourself. And if you do this, you think you want this, but this will hurt. It won't hurt in the moment, but it will hurt. And don't worry, we won't. But we can go around the room and everyone can share those stories of the decisions that you made in regards to your own sexuality that at the time seemed like something you wanted to do and it ended up hurting and ended up bringing baggage. And God loves us too much to want us to hurt ourselves. So he puts a guard around it. If you're married, you need to pursue your spouse. You need to pursue them like you were just trying to get them to be your spouse. You need to invest all your energy there. And for those of you, and Crossroads is a big church, so there's a lot of us. For those of you who the grass looks greener on the other side, as I always say, stop watering the wrong lawn. (laughs) If the grass is greener on the other side, you're watering the wrong lawn. You gotta water your lawn. In your marriage. Because you know what the, listen, you know what the problem is? It's happening like crazy within the people of God. Because we live in this world where it's a lust-charged world. And then every, nobody cares about marriage anymore. Nobody cares that people are married. And you have TV shows about people who are, they're married and it's all trash. And it becomes normalized to us. And then we start to think, whoa, well, so, so, so cute. And, yeah, you know, married. But you know, it, what's it hurting? God wants us to be a different kind of a people. God created the people of God to be the people of God, to be unique in this generation. Every day I say, Lord, I always just want to be the husband of one wife. I want the testimony of my life that Lynn Fusco will be loved. And she'd know that she, and there was no others. And I know that when with God's help, I can accomplish that and the world will see something different. And brothers and sisters, we need to be passionate about this. Listen, this is an ultimate example of us in the name of Jesus by the power of the Spirit swimming against the current of a culture. On our sexuality, the idea of purity and holiness, the idea that we're not just by, it's not just by, oh, it was fun and what's the big deal. It's a huge deal. And what's amazing is, is it's never a big deal until the light bulb goes on and you realize what a big deal it is. As a pastor, I end up walking with people in that stuff and I hear the stories and I hear people's hearts broken because so and so told me they loved me and I did things I shouldn't have done and then they bailed and now I can't believe I, I thought that was gonna be my spouse and now, you know, this is the deal and now I'm hurting and I can't believe I did that and I messed up. And once you crack that egg, it's, you can't uncrack the egg. So we need to take this seriously. And the beauty of Jesus is once you crack the egg, he will give us grace when it happens. But we don't want to sin that grace may abound, brothers and sisters. And so I don't know what today looked like. I don't know what yesterday looked like. But we need to take a new start and get at this thing in God's name. Because Jesus died for every lustful thought that passed through our hearts. He took that cross for that. Because you do not love your neighbor when you objectify them and you think about them for selfish things. And isn't that what the lust of the heart is? They're not someone's son or daughter, future husband or wife, someone's mother or father. They're just a body. And it's not about the impact that it has on their life, it's just about us wanting what we want because our hearts are unbridled. So we have it there plain as day. Shall not commit adultery. So let us seek the Lord for purity in our own hearts and let us let Jesus do the work that he wants to do. And I believe in all of our hearts, there's work that God wants to do in this area. There's not one of us that doesn't have struggles in this area in different ways because we're human. But there it is. Next, the eighth commandment, verse 19. You shall not steal. Okay, so this speaks of taking something that is somebody else's. You shall not steal. And included in you shall not steal is all the ways of scheming to get them to give it to you when they probably shouldn't. Okay, because you got to say that because it's like, listen, talk about systemic, institutionalized sin. So much of our culture is bent on taking what's not ours, whether it's the way governments make laws, the way it's corporations make profits. You know, you start to think through the implications of what this means, and you start saying that when systems are set up institutionally, that we take things because we can, isn't that stealing? It is. It is. So the idea here is that God grants humanity with the basic right of personal property. It's a biblical right. Now, the thing I love about Jesus is that you have the right to your personal property, but when you come to know Jesus, you realize, well, it's really not mine, it's all yours, Lord. And then you begin to steward God's property that he's entrusted to you in a whole different way. And then we talked about that in the Art of Living series, about we live in a culture that's deeply materialistic, right? And it's like, that's the culture. And listen, I'm not knocking it. I mean, I like the fact that it's like, I can put on a different shirt than I put on yesterday, And you're all grateful that I did it. You know what I mean? And I, you know, and like, so it's not that it's all bad, but what happens is, is in a culture bent on materialism and an economy that is driven by, you have to buy the next thing. I mean, Christmas is not really about Jesus, it's about making sure that all the, the stores reach their sales numbers so that they can get their profits, their stocks can go up and, you know, and so that you have to buy the next thing. And, and we're constantly marketed to so that we buy the next thing. Right? So for me, stealing, it's not necessarily only about taking what's not ours. It becomes about what has God entrusted to me and how do I utilize it? Because don't miss the fact in the book of Malachi, God gives the children of Israel a hard time for not paying tithe because they're stealing from Him. Yikes! So stealing is about something greater than just taking something that's not yours it's about do I live and steward what God has given and entrusted to me in a way that betrays the person and work of Jesus Christ now I don't know about you I say that and I start getting very uncomfortable because I look at my own life I say okay Lord So if this is what it means, like if me not stewarding the resources that you've entrusted to me in a way that expresses and reflects your heart into the world, then that is stealing. Because there's a way that God wants us to be in the world. When I start talking that way, it reminds me that when Jesus preached, oftentimes people left. Because... It ain't so easy, is it? Because we kind of like our stuff. And we like doing what we want with our stuff. And we like being selfish with our stuff. And then we remember, it's not our stuff. We were bought at a price. We're not our own. We got to honor God with this stuff. And he says, "So Lord, what does it look like to honor you with this stuff? And he says, well, this, this, and this. And you're like, yeah, forget that. Yeah, Lord, that sounds fun. Not for me, though. So stealing's got a lot to it. God wants us to honor other people's property. And there's so many laws about that, isn't there? About honoring what somebody else is. And there's all these laws about if you take something from somebody, then you have to restore it. You have to give them a little bit extra for their troubles and all that. And so we want to honor what is other people's. And we also want to see our own lives as God's and say, Lord, I want the totality of my life to honor you. And so maybe I talked in the Art of Living series about how the needs of the world are really met, the compassionate needs of the world should be met by the generosity of the people of God. You know, and oftentimes people lament about what's going on in the world. And I constantly hear the Lord saying, Daniel, don't complain about it. The people of God are my solution to the problems in the world. And then I feel really uncomfortable. (laughs) Because then you start realizing we're God's plan A to fix the world. And it doesn't matter what party the next president of the United States is from, because the government of the United States is not God's plan A to change the world. God already has his people. If we would simply say, we're going to be God's plan A, we're going to see our lives in such a way that we say, We're God's solution to the problem. And then we start saying, Lord, how do you want us to get at that? And then all of a sudden, things start to change in our world. There's a great verse on this idea of not stealing. In Paul's letter to the Ephesians, in Ephesians 4, verse 28, I love this. It says, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good that he may have something to give him who has need. You know, I want you to notice the flow of this. And I think this is really, but notice it, it says, let him who steals, steal no longer. So in a lot of ways, that's behavior modification. When it says don't steal, then stop stealing. You know what I mean? It's like, you ever see that little clip about someone goes into a therapist and they get the therapist, pays like a joke. And it's like, and then you have to pay by the 15 minute and everything they say, they say, okay, so you don't like the fact that you're scared? Well, stop it. You don't like the fact that you fight with your spouse? Well, stop it. You know, like, it's, like, it's a funny thing. It's like, just stop doing it. And in some ways, there's some wisdom in that. You know what I mean? Like where it's like, you don't like that? Then stop doing it. Right? And so, thou shalt not steal. Let him who steals steal no longer. Behavior modification. You used to steal, you don't steal. But God's not just interested in, I used to steal and I don't steal anymore. But then notice, but rather, let him labor, working with his hands what is good. So from stealing, now it says, instead of stealing, work. Work with your hands. Rather than letting your work be taking something from someone else, I actually want you to work with your hands and produce something. That's a good step, isn't it? So instead of it's like, I stopped doing this thing, now it's I stopped doing this and I do something else. So you're substituting a bad thing for a better thing. But notice it doesn't just stop there. It doesn't say, well, instead of stealing, work and produce good things. Then says that he may have something to give him who has need. And that's where the abundant life of Jesus is, I believe. That it's not like I used to steal, so I stopped stealing. Or I used to steal, now I work and I produce something good. No. The gospel is, I used to steal. I stopped doing that. And I started working. And I started working and when I produced it. I started to help people who had needs. And that's the gospel message. To me, that's the abundant life of Jesus. It's not just getting rid of a bad action or trading a bad action in for a good action. It's trading a bad action in for a good action that becomes a blessing to the world. And in a lot of ways, I believe that's what God wants to do in your life and my life. Take us from the bad action. Have us stop doing that. Have us substitute the bad action with the good action. But not just stop it. Okay, I don't steal. I don't steal anymore. Now I work and I pay my own way, and I don't rip people off. And I say, no, no. Then we step on into generosity, where we say, now that I'm producing, now I want to help people. Jesus is real. Today,
1: Pastor Daniel explored the commandment, "You shall not commit adultery." further reminding us that our bodies aren't just bodies. Our bodies are deeply spiritual in nature. Many of you have already harmed your own life through sexual activity outside of marriage. Pastor Daniel reminded you that Jesus knows we're all broken people. That's why he came. He came to free you from the weight of your sin.
0: Pastor Daniel's message today is just one of many he shared from a variety of books in the Bible. Would you like to explore more? Just visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to access our library of audio. You can also connect with Pastor Daniel on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram through the links you'll find at the bottom of the page, JesusIsRealRadio.com.
1: Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus Is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com. Click on the stations option in the main menu and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Thanks for joining us as Pastor Daniel makes his way through the Ten Commandments. Next time he'll dive into the purpose and value of truth. Why is truth so important to God that he includes it in the Big Ten? Remember that Jesus said about himself, I am the way, the truth. And the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. God is the Father of all truth, and as his children, we need to be people who speak and live the truth. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.